This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Getting started here on Post Show Recaps. My name is Grace. I am delighted for what we have for you this week. An extra Last of Us podcast. As if we're not doing enough Last of Us podcasts uh, a week, which I think are three to four regularly scheduled uh, Last of Us coverage podcasts. Um, but we thought after uh, this is the second episode where The Last of Us has focused on an LGBTQ relationship that I wanted to get some of my friends together, some people uh, who are LGBTQ uh, plus and chat about this delightful show that HBO has put on um, our television screens. My name is, is Grace. Uh, uh, I identify I'm a, a trans woman. I use she her pronouns. Um, let me uh, uh, just introduce briefly so, uh, my guests and then they'll introduce themselves if that makes sense. I perhaps was there but first my co-host on poster recaps theater uh it's ariel ariel how you doing hey there i'm good i'm super excited to be here yeah do you want to introduce yourselves to the oh audience? yeah so yeah. i uh i am a gay man who uses he him pronouns cool um next i'm delighted to be podcasting for another hbo show we podcasted about house of the dragon uh, uh together a single episode it was delightful so i'm excited to be chatting with joe garfine joe how you doing Excellent. I'm honored to be a part of this panel. Thanks for including me. My pronouns are she, her. I am a lesbian and I'm an old school gay. So queer or lesbian works for me. Cool. <laughs> and uh, and finally, someone I'm delighted to talk to. I've reached out uh, about trying to get something to happen. And, and we've uh, like ships in the night. And finally, we're on a podcast together. I'm very excited from the YouTube channel, Black Gay Comic Geek. It's Michael. Michael, how are you doing? I am good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited. I've been, we, Yeah, we've been trying to get, get together yeah. for, for a while. It's just... Hasn't happened, but yeah, if you couldn't tell from the name, I am a black gay man. <laughs> so and a comic geek. Yeah, yeah, and a comic geek. So yeah. those those are all my pronouns, black gay comic uh-huh. geek. <laughs> but yeah, I identify as uh he him. So 
cool. I'm excited to be on to talk some gay stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's what this is really about. I mean, yeah, if you're listening in, this is uh, it's going to be a pretty gay podcast, uh, just so you know. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, you know this episode, episode seven, was hyped up to me as like they're gonna, it's gonna be very LGBTQ focused, and so I asked Josh if I could put together like a panel where we could sort of talk about and talk about the representation we're seeing uh, on ourselves on screen. I don't think any of you have chatted about the last of us on post show recaps. I know I'm like, you've been chatting about it uh, on your YouTube page, on your Instagram, but uh, well, let me start with you then. Uh, what, what have your been, what have been your thoughts on the last of us thus far? Um, thus far, I've really enjoyed the show like immensely. Like granted it's, it's only the beginning of 2023. There hasn't been a whole lot to come out right now. So this yeah. more than likely will change. But as of right now, The Last of Us is my favorite thing in 2023 so far. And as a person yeah. that's played the game, both games, like it's very faithful to the games, but also like the differences that they've injected into the games, like with episode three and how making it more, gay, making it gayer, which is a motto of mine. Right. My, my, my motto is make it blacker, make it gayer. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, Joe, what about you? You've been, uh, you've been watching each Sunday, each Sunday. And I, I would like to let everyone know that I've never played the game. I've never yeah. watched any walkthroughs. I'm a total last of us yeah. virgin in that sense. Um, but I do know little things. The only thing I know is that in the game, Ellie is queer. That is literally all I know. Um, so going into that, I, I'd heard that before the show. It made me more excited. I, I loved Bella Ramsey from game of Thrones. Um, and I've not seen her Amazon movie yet, but I heard she's delightful in that. He's very good. Yes. Yeah. And I love this show. I'm a huge Pedro Pascal fan uh, from everything. And so coming into it, not knowing anything about it, it has been a real exciting viewing experience. I have no problem with zombies or mushrooms. I, as a matter of fact, I probably eat more mushrooms now, but just inspired <laughs> by the show. Uh, take that for what it's, it's just worth. bread. You have to be worried about. Uh, I actually so. have an intolerance to gluten, but I ignore that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I never, I never thought about that, that most people in the last of us, universe, there must be a high percentage of celiac uh, and gluten tolerance people. Totally. Yeah. Now that being yeah. said, I ignore it and still eat bread and just sneeze <laughs> 10 times. It's totally oh. fine, but okay. I am really enjoying it from a total new perspective of this is fresh, exciting, um, Craig Mazin, I've been following his work, huge fan, and I've really been enjoying also the after talks that they've been giving the, the inside yeah. of the podcast and the after show. So I really think that's rounded out my viewing perspective. I'm, I'm, I'm so far very impressed. It's funny because yeah. right after episode one, I was like, I'm strangely craving a mushroom pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst combo. That's the bread yeah, and the, the yeah, mushrooms. I got the bread and the mushrooms. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah. I'm doing, I clearly yeah. didn't learn anything from this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a yeah I don't, yeah there's a place near me that makes a really good mushroom pizza. Uh, Ariel, uh, what about you? What are your thoughts on the show this far? I love eating mushrooms. Uh, okay. Since, since we're great. talking about that, I'm just gonna stay on that topic. Wow, do mushrooms make you gay? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there, there must be. A but, <laughs> but as much as I love eating mushrooms, yeah. uh, and I don't mind looking at them, there are things about the show that are uh, a little too grossy gross for me, as I like to yeah. say, yeah. Uh, including the opening credits. I am, for the most part, an opening credits purist. And I always, I feel like it's you want to watch them. I always say yeah. it's like my emotional on-ramp to the show, even when they're not as good as some of the other ones. But this one, I'm like, nope, skip that. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I do. And I do appreciate that, you know, a lot of hard work went into it. But I'm like, not for me, not today. Um, but I have been enjoying the show for sure. I think I, for the first time this season, I fell behind a couple episodes. So I just watched uh, the last two back-to-back. And I'm really happy because... I love it all of a sudden. Like I was really enjoying it, but the emotional beats that it reached in episode six and then obviously in episode seven, I'm a sucker for like, woe is me. What's going to happen to our platonic relationship uh, in a show? So like mm -hmm. that stuff that happened in episode six, I was like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. Um, and then of course we get this backstory here in episode seven and it's, it's, you know, it's, I feel like it for me, it's now it's like really firing on all cylinders and I'm really starting to feel it. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I was really impressed with, with these, uh, these basically like two episodes that focus on these queer relationships. And so episode three, you have Bill and Frank, which uh, I know, Michael, you said you had played the game for folks who are, are sort of unaware if you haven't been listening to the video game club or anything like that. Their relationship was queer in the in the video game, but you you essentially never meet Frank. So by the time you meet Bill, Frank has essentially decided to leave 
uh, he uh, gets bit and he he actually kills himself. And so that so some of those themes still play into it. But Bill is sort of this angry man who's there, and he's essentially uh, in there to serve as like what Joel does not want to become a man who's like so you know push people resented away is so has his walls up. I thought the change, Michael, to 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 make that a story about love and and their life together in this like world that otherwise is pretty miserable. I thought was like such a good change. Um, I don't know what what your thoughts were about episode three. No, yes, I I completely agree with that. And not only just that, but it took it was a great subversion of a trope in the sense of like because usually when you think about queer stories. And especially in like these post-apocalyptic zombie type of worlds, like a lot of it is like tragic from damn near start to finish. Sorry, I don't know if I I should have asked that too. I don't know if I could say. Yeah. I, I mean, we try to limit our effort. If you know, one, I think in the queer pod is probably, you know, so save it for when you, yeah. When you okay. Yeah, yeah. But, and yeah. now people know it's coming. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but well, no, I meant like me cursing, but yeah, we try to limit it, but but you know, if you okay, if, but no, if, but, if, if the moment but, dictates it, you know, yeah, yeah, but at least it was like the most mildest one. It wasn't yeah, an F bomb, yeah, yeah. but yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. but more, yeah. but more times than not, like, uh, it's it's a like tragedy from like almost start start to finish. And what was interesting and thing that I really appreciate about this episode is like, you had a queer couple, and for the most part, they were happy throughout the majority of their life. Like they were together yeah. for like thirteen plus years. Yeah. And it was in not not fully bliss, but comparatively speaking to the rest yeah. of the world, it the was bar is low for bliss. Yeah. In, in, in The Last of Us. Universe. The bar is yeah. pretty low. So they pretty yeah. much reached bliss. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I appreciated, you know, seeing that in, in this. And I actually made a joke on my own channel <laughs> where I was like, you know how they have like the. Uh, the whole like gay for pay in real life. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, Frank, I was like, he's not really gay. He's gay for a home and uh, and, uh, and, some, and some food. He's, he's gay for wine. <laughs> yeah. A nice meal made by Bill. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's why yeah. he was, that's why he was crying before, yeah. <laughs> before like when they kissed, <laughs> but yeah. jokes aside, I was like, I, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great. So like, I, I, I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. And I, and I think it didn't like, cause a lot of people did. And this is something that I did feel when the episode ended. Cause at first when I watched the episode, I didn't like it. Okay. Not that I hated it, but I was just like, Oh, come on. Like, cause so, so go, like, uh, going to something that you mentioned off air, like one of the things that I, that I didn't like about this episode as a person that has played the game, I know. Cause in the game, Bill doesn't die. Yeah. Bill's not dead. Yeah. He's still alive and he gets yeah. to, you know, live and, continue on and do whatever he does in the game. And so the fact that both of them had to die at the end of the, at the end of that episode, I kind of wasn't a fan of that because I was like, why do they both have to die? Like mm-hmm. to me, it seemed, it seemed like a, a barrier gaze trope to me in that episode. But then when I watched it again, I thought about it a little bit more and realizing that they both died a on their own terms and they got to be very happy throughout most of their life. And it didn't, it wasn't like a tragic death. It was, they still lived very happily. It made me really, it made me recontextualize and really appreciate that episode more. Yeah. Well, the barrier gaze trope is that essentially like there were some laws saying that like if you're going to have LGBTQ people in in movies, essentially they can't have a happy ending. And so what would happen is that they would die off. And I feel like the big difference for me in both of these stories is that they these characters don't die because they're they're gay in the in the show. They die because they live in a very dangerous world. Right. That they yeah. Well, and even Bill and Frank, like Frank dies from a, having a, like a, a, an illness that like in this time there's no cure for it there's no there's no way to like manage it like in a in a good way so they don't die because they're lgbtq they just happen to be lgbtq characters who die um is is the big difference as opposed to you know something like uh brokeback mountain where a character dies from a literal hate crime right or like boys don't cry the character dies this trans character dies because of a hate crime right like this is the difference for me and like why it's not a barrier gaze trope and yeah it's so funny to think that i do think like the bill and frank story like storyline gives hope joe but like in they do die at the end but like yeah there is like this hopeful nature to like that in this like society where like the rules are broke like bill can actually live kind of a happier life because society isn't around to like you know for him to be worried about coming out or anything like that what i loved about that episode is it's in my 
viewing experience, I have never seen a middle-aged male couple portrayed so beautifully, so lovingly. It And honestly, you know, we the heteronormative, this would be uh, the, you know, uh, Joe and Susan in the white picket fence house. Yeah. If it was any other time of previous era or iteration of the game, perhaps with a different person in charge of it. I thought that the creative choice uh, that was made was a really beautiful representation. And honestly, you would never know from meeting me. I am 50 years old. I have never seen no, my relationship wild. on screen yeah. in female form, but I see it in their relationship. Right. The old and boring gays who just happen to have this house in the middle of an apocalypse and live their lives together in love. And I thought the ending was beautiful. It didn't upset me. Um, I compare it to, this is, if you know me, I'm going to mention Lost, so drink if that's on your bingo card. But on Lost, when Jin and Son, Jin chose to die with his wife knowing he had a baby at home. To right. me, that's more egregious than this. This right. is, I'm choosing to die because what else am I going to do without you? My heart's going to break anyway. And I yeah. thought it was a beautiful uh, portrayal of a normal queer relationship. Yeah. Well, the thing that that I think is so, and, and sort of where I was going to start with this is that we get the the older gay couple, Ariel, but also a thing I've been seeing, and I know uh, Brooklyn Zed, who I was hoping to get on the podcast, the timing didn't work out, so I'll shout out a lot of the stuff that Zed has been saying about this episode that it's beautiful. Uh, this latest episode, episode seven, is that we got the like old couple, and now we get something that we also don't see a ton of, which is young queer love. These like uh, fourteen and seventeen year old these these teenagers who are in love and can also find find love with each other you know the, a, a lesbian sort of coming of age story yeah and it's it is so beautiful i th this episode did hit me harder than episode three i think with me what happened in episode three was i i was i was a little late to it so there was a lot of hype behind it and i did enjoy it but i i think i let the hype get in too much i, I let it into my heart I let the hype tough. And it tough. so there wasn't there wasn't as much room as there would have been for all the love because some of it was filled with hype but uh but obviously it was a very beautiful story told not just uh narratively but uh acting wise those two great actors who are respected and you know clearly respected the story and respected those characters and i think that's obviously very important uh and here we get young love we get we get an interracial couple it's it's so beautiful and innocent and like so many uh, I just kept thinking, like, it's hard enough being, like, a queer kid sometimes, and now you have to deal with the apocalypse on top of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's like, it didn't matter. It almost doesn't matter that it takes place in under these circumstances. But ultimately, you know, the way the episode ends, that does come to bear, and it becomes fundamental. But um, but before that, it's just two kids literally hang out at the mall. Like, what's more, yeah. what's more beautiful and universal than that? The mall date. Um, I wanted to chat about, I think the, a very interesting thing that I, like, I'm not sure if sort of like straight people were realizing as they were watching it, there's this moment in both of the episodes, there's this moment where Frank is essentially, he's like, he kind of like figures out Bill is gay and Bill, I, I don't know whether Bill knows, but you know, the moment where they sort of acknowledge each other, you know, like, Oh, who, who's, you know, what girl is the song about? Oh, it's not about a girl. And there's this moment in the arcade where you can tell, like, I think you were talking about this Ariel that, uh, Ellie is looking at Riley with this, like, I want to kiss you, but if I kiss you, this is, these are the consequences. And like all both in both episodes, I think that that thing is unsaid, Michael of like, the consequences of like when you don't know whether somebody is gay. So it's not just whether someone will reciprocate your feelings. It's also like the danger of like homophobia and, and what comes with that. If, if I'm wrong, I'm not only just like trying to tell you if I like you, but also there's this like whole extra like weight of thing on me that if I'm wrong, which I thought both episodes did really interestingly in that, like it wasn't super played on, but it, but it like, it is there. It's, it's like always there, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you also have to think about like, in terms of like real life, what yeah. helps push society forward to be more inclusive and be more accepting it's art, it's the music, it's the yeah. theater, it's, it's TV shows, comics, et cetera, et cetera. And in this world, we don't really have that anymore. Like the world, technically stopped in 2003 yeah and 
considering that they say this world takes it took place in our world so you think about what happened in our world in 2003 like you saw there was a there was a post like george bush was still president and then you think about like his the election of 2004 like part of the reason he won re-election was the opposition to gay marriage a lot of people came out because they were they were so fearful I, of gay yeah. gay marriage in 2004 i saw a tweet today that was talking about there's all this legislation happening in the united states to to ban uh, uh trans people and then now it's sort of like you know evolving where like there's like you know that marriage in a state i can't remember what state might be idaho is defining marriage as between a man and a woman and it's Iowa. like iowa and so like yeah it's like it does feel like we've had rapid progress over this but it's not you know it's in our lifetimes that Barack Obama had to come out and be like, I think marriage is between a man and a woman. And yeah, he's like considered the most ago, yeah. revolution, like, you know, the most modern president of, you know, uh, our time. So yeah, no, it's a good point. Like, and like gay marriage only became legal in 2015. Like people right. think like, it hasn't been that long people. So I bring all that up to say like, technically the in this world, the world stopped in many ways, culturally in 2003. So, and during that time, like being gay, it was more acceptable than obviously like the nineties, the eighties before that, but it's still like gay marriage wasn't legal. Don't ask, don't tell was still, I believe it was still the law of the land. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Lawrence v. Texas on, depended on the month only just got repealed in 2003. So depending on the month, that might've still been the law of the land. So you have Ellie and everybody like that growing up with people that are raised in that. So homosexuality is still not all that acceptable. And so in a Obviously, military and yeah so you're being you're, so, yeah. so yeah, she's yeah. Being, she's being raised by the military and things like that so like and 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 you have all that compounded in the fact that yeah you do have to realize like it's not just about not just about being rejected by a friend like oh well maybe i don't feel that way about you but i too might be a it's like no she might lose her best friend and then also she might have to be fearful in the fact that riley might attack her Right. physically emotionally and all of that stuff so like she is taking a big risk and then also when you think about frank or bill living his secluded life and being a prepper and all of that stuff so it is it's like taking a huge risk and with her being 14 it's like you're taking a huge risk right now so like even though it was very subtle i do think you know that was it was something that i appreciated the show really injecting and 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 and, and maybe something that straight audience or straight people probably didn't pick up but like that's the beautiful yeah. thing about media everybody sees things differently and queer audiences that's why i'm like I, there's a cer certain narratives like when it comes to like shipping i'm like you they're they're clearly gay i don't know why you don't see it <laughs> uh -huh. I, I was just going to add that what really profoundly touched me about this last episode and I would like to give Bella Ramsey, give them full credit for this. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it was in the script, but that gaze when they were on the carousel yeah. Yeah. and that longing, it is something that I have identified with my entire life. I came out in 1993. It wasn't as cool then as it is now. And mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that the way she, the way that uh, Ellie looked at Riley, yeah. I completely identified with, and there are plenty of amazing queer relationships across the spectrum of television of the last, you know, 10, 20 years, but I found that really beautiful and familiar. And I think that a lot of younger LGBTQ identifying folks will also say, oh my gosh, that's how I stare at that girl when I have a crush. Yeah. Like they portrayed it in such a, a, a beautiful way. And you know, we have to give Bella Ramsey credit. They are someone who is on the spectrum of sexuality as well and is very open about it and has been from a young age and is out there in public being a role model. So I would just shout out Bella Ramsey for the, the way that they portrayed that crush. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those longing, those longing looks. I completely agree. It's just the fear and we already talked about it, but it's just it's so palpable and so realistic The like the extra jump there's an extra level to the jump that you have to make that leap of faith so to speak of you know taking your shot uh in this case romantically it's the the fear is real and there there and then there's the the uh there's the fear of repercussion but then there's also the the internalized homophobia that's like keeping you that's keeping you held back so it's like it's so lovely and also tragic to see it in a young person because as we are all getting at it something that you you feel deeply and obviously identify with in your in your own personal history yeah they're like they're okay well they're you know you look at they're like they're probably not gay like statistically they're probably not gay <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know yeah so that's a waste of time my my, my crush on that. it's like it's like hard it's 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 because you, you can imagine like it's hard enough to find love as it is 
outside yeah. of the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But then you throw Am I in that... the wrong QZ? Yeah. <laughs> Do I need to transfer to the San Francisco? QZ? Right. Like... <laughs> I'm looking for the I'm looking for the queer. Is, yeah, I'm right. like, there's gotta be there's gotta be a queer QZ. Queer like... into the queer into I can't <laughs> quite mash up the words, but it's uh, the queer Z. Where's the yeah, queer Z? Yeah, where's yeah, the queer yeah, yeah. Z? I mean yeah. QZ queer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, I, yeah, I, I'm so with you, Joe, the like, yeah, that, that like, look, it's, it's in there in the carousel, it's in there when they're playing the video game on uh, the arcade and just like the, like, I want to do this, but what does even this when mean? She, um, even when she's like looking in the mirror, like to yeah. kind of look at herself and then she kind of looks sideways, it's yeah. just, uh, oh, it's, it's so honest. It's just so real. And it feels like I said, it just feels so beautiful and, and lovely. Yeah, and I mean, and and uh, you know, there are, um, you know, we talked, you talked a lot about like like legislation, like there is like you know, uh, gay panic, like uh, you know, uh, like that, and and um, trans panic, uh, uh, bill, like, um, like in states, it's legal that if like you hit on somebody and they retaliate and they end up like murdering you, like that's an okay, that's an alibi, that's a defense of like, so so it's it's uh, you know, obviously this is like a, you know a fictionalized and it's an apocalypse and whatever, and I do love that like that this is in there, but it also like for a show that is so much about like death and horror and like you know like a, literally a horror show, um, it it doesn't need to be like like in there it can just be sort of like it, for me this is all subtext this is not like the, so much of the text right that like we're not seeing like somebody do that and then like retaliation um but i just like see it because that's like the reality of like what i'm seeing when i'm seeing like you know a, a budding like you know romance between on these these two sets of characters like these are the thoughts that i'm having like it's hard enough to like you know have a crush on someone let alone um, be queer and have a crush on someone yeah and uh funny enough i would i to to bring this up because like, uh something that ariel said made me go i want to see a spin-off version of it yeah <laughs> but like because because one thing we queer people we, we we will party it don't matter what's going on we will find a way to have a part so i'm like i want to see that settlement of like you know the queers the queers yeah. spin-off of the last of us like what are you doing what what are we doing and and, and any way to like have like a safe space in this whole zombie apocalypse world, or, or you know, a oh, sorry, it's not. I forgot, it's not video. I was gonna say safe Gaven. Yes, your safe uh, Gaven. Yeah, yeah my safe yeah. Gaven. Yeah, I have it. I have my first, my first and only tattoo so far. But like, I'm like, I want to see that spin off, like the the all queer version of the last, <laughs> the Last of Us. But yeah. but also uh, bringing up something that that at least I feel like I can speak to, like talk about things that obviously like queer people can see that straight people might also not see, but also coming from like me being black gay comic geek. Mm -hmm. I, something I also noticed in this episode as well, when it comes to like, when it came to like, even during post of the homophobia will still exist during like a post-apocalyptic world. And so does racism in a sense. Cause like, even when you get to the moment where uh, the beginning of this episode where Ellie got reprimanded for beating up the girl, or whatever and how the uh the officer was just like you're on track to become an officer like just you know do what you need to do you're smart you're capable etc like you could be you could be running you could be running the qz but then when you get to the uh, towards the middle end of this episode where riley uh talked about how you know once you become 17 you get your official assignment and how yeah. riley's on her way to become 17 and Riley is obviously just as capable or if not smarter than, than, than Ellie. That's why Ellie looks up to her. She's yeah. stronger. She's more fit. She's et cetera, et cetera. But yet they gave her sewage duty. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. but, but why though? Like, so yeah. that's something. So that's something I also know. Cause also when you think about it, like most of the people that we've seen that are like in charge, most of the people that we've seen in charge of the, uh, of like Fedra and things like that, most of them have been white. But then when you think about the fireflies, most of the people that are running the fireflies have been people of color, have been black people yeah. specifically. And so, or uh, Sam and Henry, like Henry's on the run, right? Like has like betrayed, you know, betrayed uh, Kathleen. Yeah, so and, like, and, yeah, uh, even with that, even City. with that, like episode five. And that's something that I was just like, ah, it's like hitting me in certain ways. Like when yeah. episode four, where I was like, just you got this white woman that's in charge of this town. And she's going after these two black. I was like, it's giving me like slave rebellion, slave revolts or like, like uh Tulsa race massacre. Like that's all. So it's a, there's a lot of nuances that this show throws in there that I, I do. I appreciate as speak, you know, speaking of having the, the intersectionality of both. So, yeah. Well, 
I, I think one of the things that the 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 sh, you know the the show plays on right is that like uh, well things have changed like our society is crumbled to the point like we have these quarantine zones things still do stay the same you know uh, that like the, you know some things are so like it, they're so structurally embedded in how people like uh, think and how how society functions that like like homophobia like yeah we pause at that time and like society crumbles and yet who you know it gets rebuilt and there's new rules and some of the rules that like you know, work to advantage certain people, uh, straight people and white people still exist. Right. Um, because it's like so embedded, so ingrained and we need to like, like even sometimes like destroying society doesn't like that stuff is still, doesn't is still actually in there. destroy society. Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually destroy society. Like yeah. a bully in school, a clique, you know, like those things don't just, don't just go away. Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, I, 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 we did a podcast on, uh, on the post recaps patron feed a little while ago. And the title of the episode was like representation matters, but why? And so we had some folks on, um, uh, who were able to come on. And I, I think it's very interesting that this show has, has dedicated sort of two episodes to LGBTQ relationships. This is a show that we talk about Bella Ramsey. This is the second HBO, sh- uh, HBO, uh, property that has had, uh, a non-binary, uh, person as, um, sort of the, one of the leads of the show, this one and house of the dragon. And like, I think it is like, you know, uh, we, you know, it feels like a, you know, a sort of buzzwordy to say like, well, yeah, representation matters. But I'm wondering if we want to chat a little bit like what, what is this, you know, Joe, you just talked about like earlier, like you had never seen, you know, an older queer relationship, you know, and specifically, I mean, like, yes, there's like queer shows, but sometimes we get like boxed into like being the queer show, you know, the show that we, we like it or like it becomes like that and, and not this like show that like millions of people are actually watching. Well, I think Michael said something earlier about how art, you know, is so important right. to inform. Right. I think there are a lot of people out there who are have never been around or know people on the LGBTQIA, uh, you know, identify that way. And I think that art matters in this sense to have two very openly proud non-binary actors who are outspoken and speaking for the community and themselves. But also um, it's interesting. They're both you know, they, they're playing characters that are skewing more toward female. But I think as we progress in a, in an entertainment society, I think that non-binary actors will have more of a choice. I watch Billions and um, Asia Kate Dillon is on Billions and they have, they've, you know, been non-binary from the get-go on that show, which I thought was extraordinary. And I think that that's why it matters on this show. I'm very impressed that a post-apocalyptic show in 2023 based on a very popular video game has featured 
two of the seven episodes focusing on on queer relationships. And I think that that will resonate with people who are struggling to either identify or come out. And I think that's why it matters. And then not only just that, but I think a genius thing that they injected into this show where in, in the sense of like, you think back to episode six, the most representative community that we've seen in the show so far was a commune communism. (laughs) So like, I thought that was, I thought that was a great little, like, you know, kick in the face to like, you know, the America, the only good way is capitalism. And it's like, no, not really. Like you think about um, like America's trash, technically, like our birth, our birth, our birth mortality rate is low compared to everybody else. We're like the only ones that don't have national health. Like I can go on and on, like down the list compared to like other countries. And so like, I, I, I like the fact that the most functional society that we've seen was a communist society. And I, and I like how, how Tommy, who ended up being like, he was going to the military and all that. And like, he didn't realize, he was like, wait, what? Oh man. (laughs) Like I love, I loved him having that realization. Then it'd be like, yeah, Tommy, like it can, it can work depending on how you do it, obviously. But like that place didn't even get overrun by infected. So no, yeah, it's still there. Yeah. Uh, Ariel, like representation, like, yeah, it's like, it sounds silly to say that it matters, but like, why does it matter? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, the idea, I think, I think the, uh, on that panel, the one you, you talked about earlier, it was like, you know, representation matters because there are people who think that it doesn't, or people who think that, uh, that it, it shouldn't be you know, one way or the other, but it's so, it's so like simple-minded and narrow-minded and, and, you know, we, you can talk about privilege, you can talk about like keeping structures up as we talk about like capitalism and all that. And like those, you know, those in power want to stay in power. And like, it's important as we talk about things that are happening in this country, at least in the U S it is, it is actually a scary time. Like at least for, for, and I think, you know, people would agree, but for me personally, it's like now it's starting to feel real like these things that we had started to take for granted to michael's point some of these things you know like gay marriage for instance it hasn't been that long but you you know you're riding that wave of of goodwill or or goodness that you think is out there and then you start to take it for granted and now it's feeling like oh god is can it really be swinging the other way and it's so much more important to see it now because every single person's opinion matters right for better and for worse so the the more people you can try to make understand why these things matter and why uh you know things being legal and things being illegal matter and it's not just about religion it's literally about people's livelihoods and and lives in some in some cases you know and with something like this that shows people that just being yourself is okay, no matter what that means to you personally, is ever more important. You know, we talk about this is this is showing the apocalypse and sometimes it's starting to, you know, don't want to be alarmist, but sometimes it's like, oh God, can it swing so far the other way of like, it, we're going to start to feel like these very uh, post-apocalyptic shows, whether you're talking about this, whether you're talking about uh, Handmaid's Tale, it's, it's, it's scary to think about. I saw a tweet today that said something. There's like it, it listed like 12 states, and, and I'm I'm Canadian, so and not that we don't have our own issues, but uh, there's 12 uh, states. It's, it, it was like if you live in these 12 states, congratulations, you're you're in one of the few states that hasn't tried to pass anti-trans or anti-gay uh, legislation. Uh, so that's not to mean that any of it has been passed in some of these states, but that there are people who are trying to say, you know ban any book that has any depiction of a same-sex relationship trying to redefine marriage all of all of these things for yeah, me why yeah. We, why, yeah i was gonna sorry sorry no uh, you go I, ahead yeah we're, we're, we like just got into like it's only march 3rd we're yeah. still very much in the infancy of 2023 and just this year alone there have been like 400 something anti-lgbtq bills introduced across legislatures nationwide and we're barely into the third month of the year. Yeah. So like one thing yeah. I always say in my videos, like with regards to why does representation matter? It's because representation equals normalization. Right. And like you always have to like, cause like even go on to was something, I forgot who said it, but like there are a lot of people that maybe don't know anybody or they think they don't know anybody that is 
uh, gay or lesbian or anything like that. Like even in my own life, like I don't know anybody that's like trans, for example, but it's up to me to do the work to educate myself. So like when Laverne Cox did uh, her documentary Disclosure. or So good. You know, Highly recommend. Yes, it's yeah. very good. Yep. So definitely watch it. It's on Netflix. Yeah. But like, so it's up to me to educate myself to to do the work to get because trans people exist, queer people exist, black, Hispanic, native, etc. Like we all exist and we all matter and we, we need we deserve to be represented in media. And going back to the importance of art, that's what allow you know, that's also what helps allow us to learn about somebody else's perspective, because obviously I don't know you know, nobody's perspective, but mine, but obviously, even though I might be a gay male, I'm still cis, a cis male. So there's levels of growing up in a patriarchal society. I'm definitely sexist and have sexism and, and, and stuff in that, or even just being gay, you know, the, the idea of, uh, you know, the, the typical non-effeminate gay, you know, male is seen as more susceptible, acceptable yeah. in society. So there's levels yeah. of ephemophobia and things like that that I have in me. So it's up to us to constantly do the work to inject, even being a black person, like society tells us that, you know, anti-black, they like, so there's definitely some anti-blackness things that I have in me that you have. That, and that's, that's something that people don't like to accept within themselves that, that, that we have these things in us that we have to constantly, you know, work towards evolving and all, because that's the way society is like, you can't live in this white supremacist society and not be anti, like it's, it's not possible. So like, yeah. or this patriarchal society and not have levels of sexism, even if you are a woman, like, cause there are women that will, that can be, you know, misogynistic, but it's like you, so I, I don't remember where I was going. Oh, I, remember, I was like, I remember yeah. where I was going with that. But the, like, I don't know. It's a good rant, though, Michael. But no, but <laughs> representation matters because of that. So, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. yeah it, I mean, it, yeah, it, normalization. Representation equals normalization. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately yeah. what I what I wanted to say. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. thing of like, you know, it seems like people you, people get like upset that you like acknowledge that like, you know, as you're saying, like that you have these things. I, you know, for me as being a white person, like, yeah, there's like ways that I like uh, benefiting benefiting from white supremacy have have been you know racist or at least not like doing enough to be anti racist i think uh so you know um it's important i think when we're like sitting in here we're not like on this panel to be like and we are perfect and we don't we don't do any of the things that are homophobic or transphobic or racist or whatever it's like we hopefully are doing our best to like acknowledge you know where we do have privilege or where we have bias and then try to like fix them and be have to live with the fact that like we don't always do that and we engage them but the the the, the thing is to like make sure you you try your best to not do it again as, as you move forward for me i think the representation matters thing i think it's like two it's it's for both sides it's like on the one side yes it is to try and normalize it so that somebody who are like like my parents who like before i came out certainly didn't know a trans person at least they didn't like or to the point like no openly like open uh trans person uh and now are like super supportive of like learn you know what it means to be like an, an advocate and an ally for trans and not just me you know uh, like trans people in general um even them uh i think me coming out actually they are part of the presbyterian church that in canada recently had a vote about whether a lgbtq people could be members of like the the clergy and whether they could be a priest in the clergy and my parents were super strong advocates for like making sure like we shouldn't even be voting on this but yeah if we're gonna vote on it like yes they should be able to be priests like that's you know and so i i, I think without like me coming out i don't know that like they are advocating in that way so yes on one hand it is for like straight cis people to be able to like see and normalize and even we're talking about like what type what we want to see tv i would love to see like you know on a tv show like somebody like a queer person ask at a straight person who's like oh no but thank you it's very like it's very nice you know <laughs> like we almost need that representation of like not like oh my god no Ooh, like the ace ventura uh you know uh, response but on the other hand it is like there's the other piece i remember seeing this tweet and i reference it all the time this quote which is we don't want to make your uh trans kids uh, your cis kids trans. We want to make sure that your trans kid grows up to be a trans adult. And we want to make sure that like, we're not make, trying to make your straight kid gay. We want to make sure your, your gay kid can become a gay adult. And so this idea that like, for me being able to like the snippets that, that I got on, on, uh, on, of representation, you know, and I always make this joke about like, I wasn't watching, I didn't want to watch like Will and Grace when it was on because I would think that people would think that I was like queer, you know, <laughs> like yeah. not wanting to watch it, you know, but there's so much homophobia in society, but having these like people you could see and, 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 you know, not just like, you know, stereotypes are stereotypes, I think, because like so sometimes like there are people who can like fit in the box and that, that 
is you and you relate to that, but also like the broad spectrum of people that can be queer. Um, and, and so having multiple different, you know, that, that we don't just need one person who's queer. We need like this, like broad spectrum so that people can see themselves in TV and normalize for them that like, oh, I could be that person. I could grow up to be like them or, or it's okay. I remember like, yeah, just seeing, you know, seeing a trans person in real life for me, like on a bus one time, I was like, holy hell, like I could be trans. Like I, you know, it's like that. And so seeing them on TV is the same thing. They're like, oh my God, I'm allowed to exist in the way that society has told me for forever, Joe, I'm not allowed to exist. Yeah. I, I, that's, I keep going back to the, uh, I keep wanting to say Bill and Ted, um, Bill and Frank's great adventure. Excellent adventure. <laughs> I <laughs> would love the spinoff. I would love the spinoff. Totally. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was just how it was written and uh, performed with compassion yeah. I mean, I've been with my wife for 26 years this year, wow. and we like say we like we like exist as role models for people like we moved to Wisconsin for a job and next door neighbor. They hold they hold Bible study every Thursday night and they have tons of cars and they have four kids under 10. So that's a lot. And we were a little bit worried about that. Turns out the kids love us and they draw little hearts and draw our names on the driveway. And one time oh. I asked the parents like do they think we're sisters? And they said <laughs> they did. And then all of a sudden at dinner, they said, wait, are they not sisters? And they said, no, they're married. And they get, why they're girls. And they said, well, girls can get married now. And they said, okay, pass the salt. Like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I love that generation's yeah. just like, whatever, you know, but this is why, I mean, we are grown women sobbing in an episode of television with the, mm. the end of the Bill and Frank episode. It was just so beautiful. And then of course, as responsible adults, we're like, oh, we should really update our living trust, you know, because like <laughs> that was our response after that episode, to be honest. That's so I'm funny. just saying we are adulting. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. Uh, what last thing, sorry, uh, where like you, read like, in a, yeah. where, where you mentioned a quote, like in terms of like, and this is something that I try to live by as like a quote unquote public figure, mm -hmm. but like one of the quote, and it's uh, something that Lena Waithe actually said, and I'm going to butcher the quote, but you'll get the gist. But basically she says being queer is not so much a political act, but being openly, proudly, and boldly queer is. And so that goes back to the whole representation equals normalization. It's like part of the problem where, you know, people will start gay bashing or not, not see being queer as acceptable is because we don't see it. Or you'll have the people that will say, oh, I don't want my son playing with the easy bake oven because that makes them gay or whatever. It's like, no, dating a man is what makes you gay like how do you know your kid doesn't want to grow up to be a chef like so it's just yeah, yeah just, so oh that's, my god that's i'm gonna get an easy bake oven <laughs> <laughs> i love i love i think the the three of you reminded me separately but i'll also all at the same time kind of of this this idea that i try to i didn't remember it before but it came to me finally of uh representation matters because it's just representative of the actual population. Yeah. Whether you as an individual understand it and believe it or not, that's just yeah. how it is. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. some people don't want to be faced with that, but that's, that's the reality. No, that is such a good point. And I think like part of the reason why, like, you know, even if like, you know, in the, I don't know what the stats are on like how many queer people there are on TV versus like how many queer people there are in America. Even if on the off chance that it's like an overcorrection, even if there are more queer people represented, say in like TV and movie roles than there are in real life, that's on the on the average over the course of history, we are just trying to make up the numbers for how many queer people existed, but we're not allowed to uh, at least exist publicly, openly uh, uh, be out. Right. This is the thing I say often when people are like when, you know, there's this argument now that like, oh, my God, because queer people are are like talking about being queer and like, let you know, it's being taught in schools. These kids are like turning out there's more kids ever that are like turning out to be gay and trans it's like no those gay and trans people existed they just like were not allowed to be out at the time right and so we're just like again this idea of like we just want like you know gay kids to grow up to be gay adults is like yeah for, for so long like people who were suppressed and just uphold these systems that you're talking about earlier ariel were like not able to be hurt or they spoke and probably spoke very loudly and then were silenced and, and told that they were not allowed to, to speak. And we were not, you know, literally laws that meant you were not allowed to like have queer people on TV. And then when they were, they can't have like a happy ending um, to their story. Right. So, yeah, because I was, I think about the, all the rumors of all the, so many celebrities yeah. are like the golden age of Hollywood that yeah. were presumed to be queer. 
but obviously they weren't allowed to like even think about like rock hudson he didn't yeah. come out until after he caught hiv or like the rumors uh against jason J- james dean and yeah uh uh why am i drawing a blank on his name from the godfather um Marlon. Oh, Marlon, Brando. Marlon Brando, Marlon Brando. Yeah. Then there was rumors that he had a relationship with Richard Pryor, et cetera, et cetera. Or like rumors of Malcolm X being bisect. Like, but like, and it's, and it's sad when you think about so many people that have like gone through their life with being queer that were never able to really outwardly express it. And so, yeah, like, even if there, even if it is an overcorrection, I'm for, I'm here for it. So, cause like, even think about like 90% of writers rooms and TVs, like most of the people that make up writers rooms on movies and TV shows are straight white men. So it's like, again, my motto, make it black or make it gayer. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. I mean, we're, we're on pusher recaps. We're connected to Rob as a podcast, as a, as sort of our sister network. And there was this initiative during survivor to do, um, uh, this, um, the, the BIPOC initiative to make sure that at least half of the cast was LGBTQ, but they also, the, uh, diversity came, the survivor diversity campaign was also pushing for like, that's actually not enough is just to in front of the camera, have that you also need it behind the camera because if the person, uh, this, I love this story. We got to interview Vico Ortiz from, uh, our flag means death. Um, and, and we asked Vico, like, did you sort of have to like advise, like, did you have to like, were you like rewriting the script because it would come to you and you'd be like, that's actually not what it's like to like, you know, be in this, you know, to be non-binary, to be, um, you know, a trans man kind of is, is what their role is. And they said, well, no, they hired like a great group of people who were like there to advocate for me before it got to me. And so I didn't have to do that thing. And so that thing that you're talking about, Michael, of like, the way that like being out publicly out is when you become political. Like I feel it at my work, like being the only trans person means like I get asked a lot about like the trans policies at our work. You know, I'm like, well, I don't really like need to deal. There's a whole HR department. I don't work. I purposely don't work in HR, you know? Um, uh, and so, yeah, having these people in other, you know, making sure that like writers rooms, uh, giving, you know, queer people like opportunities to be, you know, directing these episodes, um, all that stuff I think is hugely important. Um, we're going to start to wrap up. So I guess, uh, before we outro and plugs, what I'd love is like sort of final thoughts. Uh, I'd love for each of you as like, you know, as I said, I really wanted to give sort of the button for like LGBTQ people to like have a, you know, on, on sort of a podcast about this show that I think is incredible in your work. So I'll maybe go around the the horn. I don't know, Michael, do you have like anything you'd kind of want to like land on either for like, I think LGBTQ people who are listening can be to sort of like, you know, uh, people allies. I think most people who are not allies have turned off the podcast a long time ago. So I think it's mostly allies at this point, but anything you want to like leave people with, I'll leave it to you. Um, I would just say, don't be afraid to be proudly and boldly who you are, because at the end of the day, even if you believe in an afterlife or reincarnation and all of that stuff, you in your current form, we only have one life to live and you want to live that life happily and as proudly as you are. And you never know who's watching, who's looking, the, the next generation that you might, you might be able to inspire just like you were inspired perhaps by somebody else. So just be you be proud, be open and let your, let your flag shine. Ooh, there ain't no other way. Baby, you were born this way. Baby, you were born this way. <laughs> oh, singing is on your, on your PSR debut. I love it. Most people would not do that. Uh, 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 Joe. Yeah. Yeah. I would just say that normalizing the queer relationships on a, on a show like this is fantastic. And I'm glad that they are highlighting them. And then the way that you can be, if you are not a part of the LGBTQIA plus community and you would like to be a great ally and also uh, as a fan of this show, it's as simple as if you find these relationships in these episodes, beautiful. If you do a story on your Instagram saying, I really loved this story. It was so beautiful. It has nothing to do with the gender of the characters. It just normalizes it for your friends and your followers. So I would just be more vocal about how you feel if you're a fan, if you have positive things to say about characterizations like this, I would say share them more often. Ariel. Uh, I very quickly want to shout out uh, Storm Reed, who played Riley, um, because we didn't, you know, we we had a lot to talk about. So, you know, we couldn't get to every single thing I'm sure that we all wanted to talk about. But uh, I say sometimes how, you know, you sometimes you cast a person and for better and for worse, me as a viewer, I bring like previous uh, roles that they have played into it. So, you know, she plays the younger sister in Euphoria. So I'm automatically like super protective of her uh when i saw her in this role but you know 
rose to the occasion and did some some lovely beautiful work as we all talked about um and you know i i'll be honest sometimes you know we we as as uh you know podcasters or you know social media uh uh broadcasters are you know sometimes humbly think that that either no one's listening or we can't make a difference but but we can and i would just you know i would love to send love and light to to not just people on this pod on this pod panel um but anyone who's listening who might need it uh it's corny but it's genuine and i think you know living in these times as we were talking about sometimes it can feel really scary but um, what has always been true for me as a queer person, especially when I was first coming out, is the community and the joy, especially in light of things like this. That's what makes, you know, Pride such an important event. It is, you know, from the outside, it's so easy for for allies or straight people or who people members who are of not who are not in the community to just think, oh, we're celebrating. Yes, we're celebrating, but it's a celebration in the face of so much that has happened to our community and that we still continue to face. Um, so yeah, be yeah. be yourself as as you all have said. And uh this this was this is an honor, honestly. I was gonna say be more like me, but that's okay. You can be, <laughs> you can be yourself, I guess. Uh no, I'm just kidding. Um uh, I want to say so. First of all, if you are if you're listening as sort of an ally, uh, you you identify as a cis straight. Um, what I would recommend you do is make sure that you go and follow more people. Make your feed, make your Twitter feed, uh, make your Instagram feed. Uh, uh, I'll steal a phrase from Michael: uh, more more gay, more black. You can be, yeah, Michael is a great follow. If you're listening to post show recaps, I think specifically, uh, you'll enjoy Michael's content. But uh, look for people not just us. So you can follow us, but just look for for people who are different voices and uh yeah and then if you are i feel like specifically i want to talk to people who are like not totally sure and if you're like in the question if you're like the questioning part of lgbtq um uh god love you like figure out when you when you when you can come when it like makes sense there's no rush to do it really like you know people like you'll regret you always regret not coming out sooner but it's always the right time to come out uh, for you when you do and if you are thinking about it, you want to message me my dms are open at high from grace you can email me grace at been one of my like the the that moment where like and it i feel like it happened like way sooner uh joe i think you were talking about this of like when you sort of become that person for somebody else like i remember when somebody reached out to me and they were like oh my god like tell me how you fully transitioned i was like i'm not fully transitioned like i like you know, i don't know i don't know what i'm doing but like cool that you think i do uh and so then we'll talk about how i don't know what i'm doing and uh you never really know but you you, you figure it out so um that message is for them uh let's quickly go around we'll give our uh uh handles and what we're doing ariel i'm gonna start with with you what are you up to where can people find you uh yes i am covering a whole bunch of stuff here on pusher recaps dark with you and philly uh you know poker face with you movies yep. with you that's always really fun uh, i am on twitter at that other ariel uh, where all that stuff is listed if you want to know what i'm covering and similar to you if you want to if anybody wants to reach out uh you know i am i am all ears uh joe where can people find you i am at twitter although not very active at joe opinionated uh, that's opinionated with a j because i have opinions and i'm also on instagram much more active there under the same name but my main gig yeah. i am the co-founder of cancer gets lost a nonprofit that collects entertainment memorabilia we get it signed we auction off we donate 100 percent of the proceeds to a cancer charity we have an auction in a few months benefiting the ovarian cancer research alliance and we have about 150 items from 75 different tv shows nothing for the last of us but i'm hoping from for the next time next year someone from hbo <clears throat> hint hint whoever you're listening uh if you have anything from your pr closet we're open for you uh but yeah follow at cancer gets lost on instagram twitter and cancer gets lost.org on the interwebs so cool michael first and foremost grace i just want to say uh thank you so much for uh having me on i appreciate it and i had a lot of fun talking with you all and yeah. uh, you can find me everywhere TikTok, youtube instagram twitter and facebook even though i don't really post do any does anybody really use facebook anymore <laughs> but you can find me everywhere if black parents do michael if you want to uh, well, <laughs> well there you go but you can find me black gay comic geek and uh on my mostly uh youtube channel i do reviews so I, every week i review uh each episode of The Last of Us spoilers, and now you get we get Pedro in the morning, Pedro in the evening. So we got Mandalorian yeah. that just dropped. So I'll be reviewing every episode of that. We really um, didn't fun over Pedro Pascal as much as you do on on, on your show. Mike. Oh no, I do all. Yeah. The time. I was just about yeah. to say if I, I, I don't know if Craig Mazin and uh 
and uh, Neil Druckmann are listening, but season two, I need more shirtless uh, Pedro Pascal <laughs> moments. Yeah, we had the one tease in the first episode, and it never <laughs> happened. Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, I, I need I need that moment. But uh, yeah, also on my uh, Instagram and TikTok, being that it is National uh, Women's Month, I'll be spotlighting more uh, female-centric uh, comics and stories and all of that, so check that out. And yeah, with this month, I'm doing Scream, Shazam, yeah, all of that stuff. Creed three, all of that stuff. Reviewing, so be on the lookout for that, and come, come follow me. It's sequel month, franchise month. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I always say things I love to talk about has blood, sex, gore, and magic. So yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Hi from Grace. Yeah, every pretty much Ariel did all my plugs already. So yeah, um, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you subscribe to posterrecaps.com slash Last of Us, posterrecaps.com slash Lou for the rest of our Last of Us coverage as we near the end of the show uh yeah this was so fun thanks all to to the panelists thanks everyone for listening and uh we'll see you next time until next time bye-bye Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.